are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And on today's episode, I have joining me Chancellor Jackson vibing out with me today. Chancellor is the author and publisher of 14 Days in Beijing, where he gives a detailed account of his experience of working in China as an English teacher that soon takes a turn for the worse when he is arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. 14 Days in Beijing has ranked number one on Amazon over 15 times in many different genres. And Chancellor is here to, with me today. Yes, 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 that's you, that's you. <laughs> and Chancellor is here with me today to discuss his journey to freedom and his release. How are you doing today, Chancellor? How you living? How you feeling? Hey, man. Every day above ground is a great day. You know what I'm saying? Shit could be worse than it isn't. We've all experienced worse. It's not that. So, yeah. So I'm grateful about. You feel me? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Good energy. Good. I feel the vibes <laughs> coming through the, the computer right now. I'm feeling it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you're originally from Smyrna. Is it Smyrna, Georgia? Smyrna. Smyrna. Okay. Smyrna, Georgia, Georgia. And you attended Stetson University where you played football at the D1 level. Uh, okay. where you yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. And you received your bachelor's in communications and media studies. So what made you want to pursue a career as an English teacher instead of actually becoming a media studies uh, <laughs> major and a pursuing a football professional? Um, it's really a funny story. Um, just how I ended up just falling into, I fell into the major of communication. Um, I was the typical uh, football player coming out of high school, just like, I wanted to play at the next level. And once I was able to achieve the goal, okay, I'm at the institution now, but my main focus is just playing football. Cause it wasn't like I was offered a scholarship. Like I was recruited there and no, I had to get it after myself and get myself into the school and get myself in front of the coaches. And they're like, okay, shit, yeah, we'll bring you on board. And we, you know what I'm saying? I had to work my one with it. So my yeah. main objective, and this is at this point in time, this is like spring semester of my senior year. So it's like March. You know what I'm saying? So we got two more months for it's time for me to graduate. I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to play, but where I'm going. So that was just my main priority. So, once I got to, uh, I went to a visit to the school and they was like, what you want to major in? I said, what you talking about? <laughs> They're like, what you want to study? I'm like, oh shit. Uh, I'm like, man, I'm so focused on just football. I wasn't even, that shit never crossed my mind. So I'm looking at the wall of majors they got. I'm just like, uh, and my eyes landed on communication and media studies. And I mm-hmm. remember I saw it and I, yeah, I remember hearing a classmate speak about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, communication, you'd be on TV and stuff. Da, 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 da. So I seen I said, hmm. Oh girl said was talking about this. I'll go with that one. <laughs> and that's <Wow>. just how <laughs> that's just how I ended up being, you know what I'm saying, being a communication major. And um then I knew once, you know what I'm saying, after my freshman and sophomore year, it's kind of set in stone to me. Uh that I'm like, okay, yeah, the NFL probably ain't gonna be uh the next step for me mm-hmm. so, but i'm content and grateful for what i've been able to accomplish i've done what i said i wanted to do i've done what plenty hundreds and thousands of other teenagers you know what i'm saying was really millions of other football players you know what i'm saying 
that's the end goal to play at the division one level. So I'm like, I'm here. I did it. I'm really good. I, I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I got sure. this. So after my senior season ended in 27, November 2017, that was my last, that's when my career ended. I started applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was applying from November 2017 all the way to July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2018. So we're talking about seven, eight months straight. I'm applying, I'm landing interviews, I'm getting flown out, all different, all different types of shit. Five. I'm like, I'm gonna land something. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. <laughs> that wasn't the case. And the jobs that I was mainly applying for were all corporate positions, sales, management, marketing, and you know what I'm saying, that field. So after eight months of just applying and landing interviews, traveling to go do the interviews and being told no. I was just like, okay, Chance, you got to do this. We got to take, uh, we got to reapproach this this job searching thing because clearly what it is that you're trying to pursue mm-hmm. is not for you. Yeah. So um, it's like, what are you good at? Just had to, just had to self-reflect. I'm like, okay, so this is, something ain't right. Something ain't working. This is, this is ridiculous at this point. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> I'm like, I went to this prestigious school, goddamn. I'm did everything right, played football, I did everything right. And then I'm like, now it's coming for me to, you know what I'm saying, branch off and do something completely different. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm just like, damn, I'm having trouble, goddamn, finding my place, finding my lane, really. So um, I was like, just reflecting, like, bro, what are you good at, bro? You good at talking to people, working with people, just dealing with people in general. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that was like, that's what I need to be looking for. Cause I'm like, it's corporate definitely isn't it. Um, so I was on LinkedIn job searching one day, my typical routine. Um, and for some reason I was going through the filters of like, you know what I'm saying? How to filter out jobs. Mm-hmm. I seen the tab that international. And, I'm, and I, I seen it. I'm like, damn, why did I ever think to think, look outside the U S <laughs> right. Bingo. <laughs> I'm looking at the jobs I got overseas. Teach English abroad in China. Mm-hmm. That should sound fine. That's <laughs> that the one. What's the uh, requirements? You have a bachelor's degree, at least a bachelor's degree. Okay, check. Boom. It don't even matter what your shit is in. As long as you got one. Okay, boom. Ain't nothing but a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, clean background. The mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah. Okay, what else? A native English speaker. Hey, got it. Got him. That's it. <laughs> That's it. How do I apply? Oh, right. all you got to do is submit a resume. For those that job search on LinkedIn, for if a job just say submit a resume, that's literally two clicks. You click the button, mm-hmm. <laughs> submit a resume, click the file, <laughs> and submit it. So I'm like, oh, that's ain't, oh, that ain't nothing but a thing. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. I just went on down the rest of the list, you know what I'm saying, just working my one. And then... Ended up landing the interview, of course, but this isn't nothing unfamiliar. You know what I'm saying? So I did the interview, <laughs> hear back from him, mm-hmm. and the recruiter, she gave me this whole spill. I'm thinking she's just finna, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, okay, the way you just went about just opening up the, the discussion, I'm like, I'd heard this spills all over again. Just come on with it, man. Just, but she's like, yeah, we want to move forward you as a candidate. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I'm just, I was just blown away. I'm just like, damn, but the first job to tell me yes after all this time, all this work, all this effort is on the other side of the world. Wow. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
It was like, I'm there. What's next? Flute fly me out. I'm getting flute out at this point. <laughs> no brainer. So she was like, yeah, we'll give you some time to think about it. Because, you know, it's a big it's a big move. You know what I'm saying? You're going to move to the, you're moving to the whole other side of the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a process. So we're going to give you time to work. You know what I'm saying? Think about it and let us know in five days what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the location we have available is uh, Beijing, mm-hmm. Shanghai which is in China, for those that don't know, and Bali, which is in uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of anything dealing with Bali, so I'm like, I, that X, that went off the I'm like, I don't know nothing about none of that, so I'm super straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose Shanghai, just because Shanghai is like the city city. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. New, you know what I'm saying? Atlanta, it's like New York, it's like California, Chicago, you know what I'm saying? It's a big, big city. Mm-hmm. Skyscrapers, you know what I'm saying? It's the closest thing I get to, like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm Somewhat, you know what I'm saying, back home, you know what I'm saying, just that type of vibe. But they were, they didn't have um, as much demand for teachers in Shanghai. So she was like, okay, you go to Shanghai, you have to pay for your own flight. But if you choose Beijing, we'll pay for it. Mm, okay. oh, you should have said that from the jump, Shadi. I don't even know why you even offer me. It, it, Beijing it is. <laughs> but a word. <laughs> Beijing it is. So it was a three-month-long process to... Uh, get my visa mm-hmm. um, and everything. And then once I got all of that, uh, it was a green light. And I landed in China on October 10th, 2018. Wow. Okay, so you mentioned in your book that you remember a conversation with your mother and brother at the breakfast table where she was asking you, you know, where you guys want to travel to. And China was actually one of the places that you had mentioned as a young child. So at that initial moment, what about China made you want to go and explore it? Man, just I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And really, it, I think my mom had brought it back up once I brought it. Like, hey, I just landed a job in China. She was like, damn, like, you remember that conversation we had? I'm like, oh, damn, I forgot about that. But like, she was just it's like, what's three places in the world y'all want to go? And first place at my mouth was China. She was like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm, with, she, I'm talking about we probably like, man, seven seven and eight, eight, you know what I'm saying? Six, you know what I'm saying? We were young, we are jits. So she, you know what I'm saying? The first place to come out of my mouth was China. And it was fast. Like, as soon as she answered, asked the question, I had an answer ready for her already. She said, she like that. She, like, she just wanted, why China? Like, you so excited about the image. Why, why China? Yeah. That's just what things made. And I just remember seeing like, man, you look at any product, anything like that, made in China, made in China, made in China. I'm like, damn, boy, everything is made in China, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to go there and see what that shit's talking about. Why is everything, like, why, why is that the case? It's me being a very such a young age, and it came full circle. Me landing a job in China, what, 10, 12 years later, and then going there, actually being there and learning more about the history of, of China and learning that China exiled itself from the world for decades. Mm-hmm. Like a great portion of time, they didn't do business with no other country. They just like we gonna create our own shit. We gonna got them. We just only you know, do business with us. Yeah. And time they just you know what I'm saying building, man, just building. They just building, 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 building. Okay, now let's do business with everybody. And on top of that, we are gonna drop our currency so can nobody beat our price. Mm. They check. I'm like, ooh. I said, ooh, it's man, it's okay. He felt different. <laughs> he yeah. felt different. I'm like, hey, yeah, for the 
as long as they exile themselves in the world, goddamn, we're gonna make our own everything. And okay, let's open this shit up. And we're gonna drop our prices up. We're gonna drop the number on everything. So everybody you ain't got no choice but to fuck with us. Exactly. <laughs> Come on with it. They won the trade war already. <laughs> so I'm like, so, you know, the leaders of the world, the United States can't handle the heat. I mean, what? <laughs> really, so pretty much every country over there in Asia, you know what I'm saying? They didn't do the, you know what I'm saying? They didn't do the same formula, but China has literally, I think still now, even when I was there, they had the strongest currency out of every other country. So uh-huh. one US dollar is like six and a half, seven Chinese dollars. So uh-huh. if China is the strongest currency, imagine every other country over there. Mm-hmm. With that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, shit, what? I see why we come over here to do business. We come over here to manufacture the, you know what I'm saying? All of that. Because mm-hmm. it's cheap. You don't mm-hmm. find no numbers like this no place else. <laughs> yeah. No place else. But then it kind of bit U.S. in the ass because, you know, when the pandemic had hit, it was like everything's made in China. We got beef with China now. So what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Fresh, like when we were still fresh out there, we went to one of the, um, it's like a little mall and we was just walking. It was very small and we was walking around it. And one of my partners was trying to do business. He's a Jewish white dude, Jewish. He trying to do business with one of the clerks. And he was like, clerk was like, he, you know, they speaking Chinese. My partner, he fluent in it. I'm saying they have a whole conversation. They, I can feel the energy is off. I'm like, damn, what, what the hell are they talking about? And my partner was like, yeah, bro. He was like, he asked if I was American. And I was like, yeah. And he, and at that time, Trump was our president. He was like, oh, yeah, he don't even want to. Yeah. The clerk was like, I don't want nothing to do with you, bro. Just because yeah. of who, where you, who you are, where you from, and who was, you know what I'm saying, who leads y'all. So like, I'm like, damn, I didn't think it was, you know what I'm saying? I didn't think it was like that. But that was a, it wasn't too many uh, encounters that were like that. You know what I'm saying? It was some, like a, a few. But not like every encounter wasn't like that though. But That's folks was, you know what I'm saying, definitely feeling some type of way. It was still it was definitely with some folks out there feeling some type of way about it. So it was interesting. It's it's interesting. You learn a lot when you travel and live different places mm-hmm. and what you come from, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's a whole nother world outside of the US, you know. Facts. Facts. Multiple worlds. And yeah. that you know it's really multiple worlds because it's like Everything's different everywhere you go. It's still life as you know it, but mm-hmm. it's different. Exactly. You think about the most simplest shit you can do in America, I guarantee this is a picture and a half in China. Going exactly. to the bank, <laughs> going yeah. to the grocery store, <laughs> the set, trying to, find, trying to get your hair cut. Like, it's the, I'm talking about everything's an adventure. You don't know what to expect. I'm like, okay, yeah, this shit's gonna be. And it's just me, I'm a Sagittarius, so that shit just feel that fuels me. I'm like, I, I feed off of that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this shit, it was, China was everything. Yeah, that was the best first job I could have ever had, for real, for real. It's the ultimate adventure. Living comfortably, making decent, decent money. Um, living in a whole different culture, country, world, in essence. Meeting new people. And really, I was I was really out there, though. Like, I was really out there moving and grooving. You know what I'm saying? It was lit. <laughs> oh, did you go to any clubs out there? Is the club scene really big? Is there hip-hop out there? What type of music is, like... <laughs> The thing. Yeah, I can hear China, yes, yeah, so I don't know. But fill me in. Man. You tell. My um shit, we wasn't even out there a whole week. 
before we went to the club, um, mm-hmm. Jaden Smith was performing at one of the hip hop clubs in uh, uh, San Latoon. That's like the downtownish area of Beijing. Mm-hmm. So he was performing at this club called Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Probably like one one of the only. It's two of them. One, yeah, I think it's two. One of the uh, only hip hop clubs there. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time going to the club out there. And when I say that was. I didn't even want to go just because I'm like, man, we got to find apartments and all this other, like we have actual shit we have to do. But mm-hmm. man, I had one of the people that came in the, uh, the recruiting class that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. She was just like, man, I'm talking about just adventurous, just like, fuck it, let's just do it type shit. Like, nigga, we only live once type shit. So it's like, she, she's literally like, pulling teeth trying to get us to come out. We like, nah, chill. And she's like, nah, y'all coming out. She's like, I'll pay for everything. I'm like, shit, you pay. Hey, if it's free, it's for me. He ain't saying nothing but a word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. So we uh we slid. And man, that shit was so lit. Like, it's it felt like a club here in Atlanta, but the music was not, they weren't playing, they still playing hip hop, but it's like, they hip hop, hip- music that they playing from like the 2010s and mid 2000s you know what i'm saying okay it's a little bit dated versus yeah. what you're here in the clubs currently here mm-hmm. um and it was all chinese motherfuckers in this in this bitch too like Turning you, got up. Sprinkle, you got your little sprinkle of foreigners here and there hella chinese folks though i'm talking about bitch packed too mm-hmm. and the only difference than like clubs here in atlanta folks smoke weed in the clubs Mm-hmm. Them folks smoking. Everybody in this bitch smoking cigarettes. So I'm like, and they hot, I'm talking about the whole club hot box with cigarettes. Like big ass, big ass cloud of tuberculosis just floating throughout you the said tuberculosis. <laughs> and but it was just such a vibe because it's like, damn, bro, this shit is crazy. It seems like some shit you'll see in a movie. Like I'm in a hip hop club in China. There's nothing. It's vast majority of Chinese motherfuckers in here. Like these folks in here, like circling up, dancing and shit. Like I'm like, damn, bro. I'm like, this is like is, this is crazy. Like, damn, bro. I seen the Chinese dude with dreads. What? What is they, that? At? They dress like us and everything, but of course they got their own feng shui. They got their own twist, little swag to it. But you can definitely see where the influence is from, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Man, I'm just like, man, this is crazy, bro. I'm, that's when I realized just how powerful we are as a people, people of color. So, mm-hmm. man, I'm like, man, we so. We powerful, but I'm on the other side of the world, and I'm literally just seeing just our influence. Literally, mm-hmm. nothing but us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. And folks looking at me like, like you saying that Spider-Man meme when he pointed at himself. Like, yeah, I'm in a hip hop club. Y'all, dread- <laughs> I'm the real thing, and y'all imitate me. Right. So it was very empowering. Very empowering. I landed. Um, I was in the photo shoot for a magazine. I met a dude, Chinese dude. He was like, hey, I want you to model for me. Mm-hmm. Chinese, she ain't saying about the word. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I was uh, modeling for this magazine company. I landed that just from uh, being at that club. Um, met a lot of great people just from being at that club as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a great, great, great time. And that was my first time going to club. I went to different clubs. I went to EDM clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we know all about EDM out here in the Bay too. Very popular. <laughs> Here in America, I don't know if it'll be that lit, but you on the other side of the world, but that shit is, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a blast. Um, and then on top of that, like the clubs, man, 
if you go on a weekday, especially just how our schedule set up, my weekends was uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So mm-hmm. you go to the club on a weekday and you know a promoter, you automatically getting in free. Wow. They give you, and especially if you come in deep, oh, they give y'all a whole section for free. Unlimited drinks. They bring them bottles to the section. All you can drink for free. I need to get out there in China. I'm saying, I know about your story and all, but the, these clubs, they seem super late because you can't get that shit out here in the States at all. They just usually want it, and they're doing it just for promotional aspect. Hey, look, we got foreigners in our club. Look, hey, yeah, come for turn up with us. Look, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, shit, use me all you want. Yeah. <laughs> use exactly. me all you want. That was a show. So, like, clubs is lit. Even when my mama came out there, what? Me and my mama would club like twice. <laughs> 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 we do you start out with your mom at, like in the states where you're from in Atlanta do you go to the clubs with her or she or this like that was just like a you know a thing because she was out there with you we I've never been to the club with my mama no I've never been to the club as an adult at least I remember like yeah. when I was younger she did she would uh, work as bartenders for like weddings and parties and stuff like that. So of course we there with her just cause, you know what I'm saying? But far as this actual club, club scene, that was probably the first time I went to club my mama. And then we on the other side of the world. Oh yeah, yeah, so it's different. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Fuck it. A VIP, free liquor, we out here, we turning up. <laughs> Oh my goodness, boy, that shit was so lit. <laughs> that shit was so lit. What? And me and my mama both Sagittarius, so we're very, very, very similar. Oh, She's okay. the version of me. So it was it was a vibe for sure. Yeah. How far apart are your birthdays from each other? Shit, I'm November 22nd. She's December 17th. I'm the first day of Sag. She's somewhat now she's toward, she's further towards the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. So I know you talked about, you know, uh, some of the roadblocks that you ran into when you were first applying for jobs and how eventually you landed it, you know, as an English teacher in China. But what were some of the roadblocks that you ran into as to why people weren't hiring you for the corporate jobs and some of the other jobs that you applied to originally? I kept hearing the same thing. Oh, yes. It's the experience. You don't have, you know what I'm saying? You're lacking the experience or it's probably just not an experience. But it's like y'all knew that before. yeah. Y'all knew that. Mm-hmm. You knew that. So yeah. I hear you, but at the same time, you really ain't talking about shit because you knew that beforehand. So I really ain't trying to hear that shit, but hey, that's what you say, boss. For sure. I just look at it. Hey, clearly y'all ain't y'all ain't it. So I'm like, yeah, it's something better in store for me. That's how I look at it as. So yeah, it's something. It definitely something was. Hey, it was something better. It's still perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's all just universal. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I think is crazy? It's like you go to you go to college, right, to get your degree, and then once you get out or while you're in school, they want you to do all these internships, and then like you said, they tell you, you don't have enough qualifications, or you don't have experience, and it's like, well, what did I go to college for? I got like four, five, six, ten, fifteen years of experience, and you mean to tell me you won't hire me? Like that's crazy to me. Oh, so. Sometimes it's like, what is college really for? You pay all this money, you know, to gain all this experience and you still can't get a job. Like, it's crazy out here in the U.S. when it comes to You are not very, if you are not, like, really, really, really strategic and have a, a, I'm talking about a full blueprint before you just go to college, Mm -hmm. then you will waste your time and money. 
Yeah. You ain't got no plan for real, for real. Like, then it's just like, shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, just, you know what I'm saying? You really just following the norms, then you just following the, the system. You just, you know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Some folks, you just got to learn the hard way. You know what I'm saying? I was just one of those ones, but shit. Yeah. I'm resilient. Yeah. That's the difference. <laughs> I see a strong black man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> So what were some of the qualifications? I mean, you go, you went over some of the qualifications, but what was like the training process for you to become an English teacher? Because you didn't have a background in teaching at all. So were they giving you like formal training and like, what were some of the things that you did with your students? Yeah. So, um, pretty much like once we got there, that's when, okay, training really started and it's really just, okay, this is our system. This is how we go about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Literally. So just learn our system and learn how we go about it. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And our classes consisted of it was just they were all an hour long, depending on if they were they're younger level learners, like mm-hmm. elementary school. They were hour long classes. Now, if you probably in middle school, we mm-hmm. do two hours, but we only do two hours on the weekends. So mm-hmm. and every lesson is pretty much the same. It's structured the same. Mm-hmm. Open up, do a warm up, review the previous lesson, mm-hmm. the, the words or whatever we went over in the previous lesson. Okay, now here goes some new stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's just practice it a little bit. You're saying it. Let me hear you say it. Okay, mm-hmm. now let's take it a step further. Now y'all speak with each other. Now y'all use it with each other. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's do some bookwork so you can learn to get the reading and writing down aspect of it. And then one final final conclusion, wrap everything up, and then we send them kids on about their day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To their parents. So do they have 12-hour days like I've heard they have in China, the school days? Um, yes, they do. They uh China, they they China is different. Them folks are different, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like their um their work days like ours is typical eight hour shifts. Theirs mm-hmm. is twelve, and their kids ooh, Really, the folks they got money, because <laughs> that's what I lived in the business. I lived in Chinglu. I lived in the business district of Beijing. So I'm, I'm in the. These folks got bread over here. So these folks, you know, what I'm saying they, they, their ethics and go about is a little bit different in comparison mm-hmm. to the rest. So, yeah, oh yeah, these kids, they, oh, if you ain't in school, school like regular school. Oh yeah, you, you got a bunch of extracurricular, extracurricular activities that you finna do, mm-hmm. be it sports, music. Uh, this another language, uh, I, and it can vary. You know what I'm saying? But you doing something extra extracurricular, and your day probably not ending till like man, nine. You know what I'm saying? Nine, ten o'clock, eleven mm-hmm. o'clock. Like for those that played sports in college, it's like a student athlete. You know what I'm saying? That's how they built as four, five, three years old. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Okay. <laughs> okay. I see the, I, okay. I see what's going on for sure. For sure. Interesting. Very interesting. For sure. They come out the womb, like reciting the dictionary to you. Like that's their, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They already know the dictionary as soon as they coming out the womb. Like <laughs> they're already set. It's the folks with the money. So it's like, yeah. okay, we, we know what it takes to get to where for us to be where we are at so best believe we're gonna get y'all this same blueprint but oh yeah you know what i'm saying y'all gonna be even better than what we are exactly so it's just like you know what i'm saying like shit really tight the time every group of people should be on 
<laughs> for real, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you also didn't know the language either, uh, Mandarin, before you got to China, right? So like, how was the, was there a big communication barrier going on with you being able to communicate with your students or your colleagues or how did you adjust to all of that? Um, I was, I was teaching myself. I was learning through this app, um, just what I could and just me doing that, I, I knew a lot more than vast majority of the people that was in my recruiting class, for sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But it still wasn't like how me and you having this full, in-depth, rich conversation. I can't, no, nah, I ain't finna sit there and do all of that. But <laughs> yeah, let me get this. I want to buy this. Or, you know what I'm saying? Where is it? Yeah, I can do that just to, just enough to move and groove and work my one way. And then far as in class, we teach in English. So Chinese, is that's one of the rules. Ain't no, y'all not speaking Mandarin. So mm. and we have A's that are natives of China. Mm-hmm. To help. If there is, you know what I'm saying, a bit of a language barrier to be that bridge. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I know uh Mandarin in, in class. You got to speak English out. That's the only way you're gonna be able to get better at the shit. You gotta practice it. You can't, you know what I'm saying? So that's how that that's how we did that. Yeah. Sure. See, and, you know, I've traveled outside of the U.S. and I know that like learning English and people knowing English outside of the U.S. is super common, but also knowing other languages is like really thrust upon you for everybody to be worldly. Where in the U.S., I feel like although we do teach other languages in school, it's like really thrust upon you to like just live in your own bubble. You know, you're not, you know. I just feel like everybody that's not from here, Mm -hmm. you know, is to come here eventually. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. That's why America is the melting pot that it is. Everybody mm-hmm. named Mama from all over the world comes here, want to come here. Goddamn, as eventually mm-hmm. to live out the quote unquote American dream is better. This is man built off capitalism. Look, look what the Europeans did. So it's just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what that's, of course. Yeah, everybody get, English is dominant. That's yeah, for sure. And us here, bitch. Fuck, nigga. We ain't trying to move to no other place when everybody's trying to come here. So yeah. it's like, it's not here nor there for us. Mm-hmm. Uh. But, you know, I also feel like it's important to be worldly, too, to explore the world outside of the U.S. And that's what we don't do. And that's why I feel like, to an extent, we're so close-minded about other cultures and their how they live their lives. And from what we see on TV, and a lot of what we see on TV is not actual factual. Like, people's perception true. about how Africa looks is not 100% actual factual. Not everybody is chasing fucking lions and tigers and bears. Like, that's not happening. So... That's everywhere though, like yeah. Just as ignorant as we are here towards different people and cultures and, and folks, like, you take your ass to China. You yeah. amongst the real natives of China, they don't know a goddamn thing about it. There's nothing but Chinese people over there. So yeah. literally, the only knowledge they have are strictly stereotypes, like you say, what they see in the media. That mm-hmm. shit is everywhere you I feel like it's everywhere you go. It yeah. don't really matter. Everywhere, everybody, you know what I'm saying? You just got like you say, you have to be willing and uh open-minded you have to be worldly you have to you know what i'm saying take the initiative to broaden your understanding broaden your perspective broaden your horizon exactly. become more enlightened of the world and other worlds that coincide with just your world you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but if you ain't thinking like that then shit. <laughs> hey man you lost in the sauce yeah so one day you're just chilling on your couch you chiefing 
For the people don't know what that means, you know, you smoking your little weed or whatever. You just cool <laughs> free gaming before you gotta go out for the day. You get the knock on the door. And eventually you decide to answer it. But what is your initial thought for everybody who has not read the book yet? When you went to the door and you seen the cops at your door, what are you thinking? What is going through your mind? So when I heard the knock, I was literally finna get ready to leave. Like I was, I probably had like, maybe let me get down, make sure I, I, I was really finna get ready to walk out the door and I heard the knock. I'm like, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think who I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm faded too, so I'm really not. I'm just, I don't know. I look through the people, I see it's 12. I said, Ooh, <laughs> <You're> like, shit. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm talking about my heart. Son, I'm like, Ooh, but it ironically, this wasn't the first time they just popped up at our door. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They didn't. They they pulled up uh, earlier that year. It was January. Mm-hmm. It, and it was random. It was at night. You know what I'm saying? Me and my roommate, we both sleep. You know what I'm saying? These folks knocking on the door. I'm like, damn, what the fuck these folks got going on? Mm-hmm. I was smoking back then too. Yeah. So the first time when they came in January, I went to open the door. They stood at the door, mm-hmm. and they just really wanted to check our passports and all our documentation. Mm-hmm. Make sure that we are who we say we are. We ain't here illegally. Mm-hmm. And it's happen to them. just us no that's they do that to every foreign okay. some colleagues of mine that same year so i'm just like okay when i seen them I'm like what they doing here i'm like okay they must do this shit more than once mm-hmm. so that's the impression that's what i'm thinking okay they must do this shit more than once then mm-hmm. so i'm like okay i'm just straighten up put everything up and then you know what i'm saying work the one work my one with it yeah Hell nah. <laughs> i open that door them folks walk straight in i was like whoa wait a minute <laughs> Where's your warrant? <laughs> like, fuck all the warrant shit. <laughs> Language barrier, of course. So he's speaking through the translator app and woo woo woo. So now they pressing my they it's like they already knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just of course I'm from Atlanta. I'm gonna sit here and play the fool, finesse. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and cap, you know what I'm saying? All of that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all tweaking. Passport, you want passport? Passport. I, I, let, me, let me go grab my passport. You got to be. That's what you hear. <laughs> let, let me go grab that. So I went and grabbed my passport and all of that stuff. So one officer sitting there examining all my documentation. Um, the other two, they just, you know what I'm saying? Gently, they just walking around the apartment. You know what I'm saying? Have wandering eyes for sure. Wandering eyes like a motherfucker, but ain't really like, you know, start, you know what I'm saying? They just, they definitely looking for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then next, you know what I'm saying? Long story short, they end up drug testing me. And then when, once they pulled the drug test out, I said, oh, yeah, it's over with, boy. <laughs> I just dropped my head. I was just like, damn. I was just like, ooh, it's over with. I just got there smoking prior to y'all knocking on my door. Ain't no way in hell I'm finna pass this. What? Failed the drug test. Now they really searching for show, for show. <laughs> finding it, and I'm just like, shit. I'm shit. I'm just caught red-handed at this point. So it's like shit. Ain't no. I can't. I can't finesse no more. So it's like, hey, all right, y'all got it for sure. <laughs> all right, for sure, for sure. I throw in the towel. Y'all got it. Y'all got me. Y'all got me. <laughs> y'all got me for sure. And you hid it. So you hid your weed in a shea butter container, and mm-hmm. it was like, what the? I mean, how the fuck would they know it was even in the container? Well, how did they? How do you even think that they knew? that you were smoking weed, who do you feel like actually dimed you out? How do you feel like this all came about? What are your theories? Because you don't really say it in the book, so. The mystery to this day. 
Mm. Mystery. I have no clue. I'm hoping maybe the readers can goddamn help me figure this shit out. And there's a lot <laughs> of stuff, you know, even with Bruce. Folk, mm-hmm. you, I know you heard. I know yes. you remember. We're going to Bruce now. Like, We're going to get to Bruce. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like, it's shit. I'm like, okay, I'm not so much sure, but I'm like, I know when the readers get their hands on this, they mm. might be able to work they one with it and be able to pinpoint and figure it out because I'm right, that's still a mystery how them folk why they came to my door how they knew it. I have no clue I have no clue to this day I don't <laughs> I do not that's I don't but. I think they were watching you I think that it was either maybe some, like a transaction that they seen that happened while you were getting weed. Cause I know you talk about in your book, there's like a particular area in China where um, they, you can find weed on the street. I think it's a Silentium or something. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry. I, I can't get all these names, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I know that you said in the interrogation that, you know, they're asking you like, what the fuck you get this weed? And you were like, you can get this anywhere over there. Like this is this is nothing, you know, for people to get their hands on. But I know that in China, weed is illegal. Yeah, but the crazy part is China produces 50 percent of the cannabis in the world. They use it for many different things. They use it for, you know, tribal uh, religious um, religious practices such as Taoism. And I mean, it's crazy the fact that it's illegal when I mean, you would think it's so easy to get your hands on it over there. But like, how do you think that people are smuggling or getting their hands on the weed exactly? Um, and it's. Uh, I can't remember. I, I think I remember it was a conversation I was having with somebody and. Yes, I think, yeah, I ain't even put this in the book. It's crazy. But um, it's definitely, they got inside men. Mm. Whoever is up there in the government, that you know what I'm saying, them high-end, them high-positions, oh, them the folks are getting it in. Ain't no way, ain't no other way. Yeah. Ain't no other way. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's definitely, it's it's, it's an inside job for sure, for sure. Somebody, because yeah. it's a large market, mm. too. Yeah. It's so scarce, boy, and, it's, and they, you can charge whatever you want on top yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. And shit, as long as we, you know what I'm saying, them folks on their own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's that? What's that? Hey, they on their own. So it's like, what? Yeah. And I doubt it's it. Man, it's something. I doubt it's even getting to whoever's really it. You know what I'm saying? Whoever it is, that ain't even hell no. So, but yeah, it's definitely high end officials, folks mm-hmm. that work for the government. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way they getting that shit in. For real, for real. Yeah, I know they were trying to blame Canada and the U.S. for the issues with weed going into China. But it's like, I mean, they have over 309 different patents for cultivating weed in China. And it's been cultivated for like centuries now. And they make billions of dollars off of this shit. Mm -hmm. It's in like almost everything, you know, your uh, cosmetics, food. Um, medicinal purposes, like, you know, medicine and stuff like that. So it's like, come on now. Like, y'all know, y'all don't even got to ask me and interrogate me as to how I got my hands on this shit. Y'all already know. (laughs) You know? It's crazy. They just know that shit. That shit is, it's popular for real, for real, and not as criminalized or it's probably completely legal depending on where you live mm-hmm. on the west side of the world. So it's like, okay, yeah, we the ones that's mainly getting, we the ones that's getting caught with it for sure. Yeah, that's why they try to pinpoint it on us. Because yeah, we the ones getting arrested for it for sure. Ain't no, 
Chinese. I was only locked up with one. Chi- no, well, I was locked up with two Chinese people. No, three Chinese people that were um, arrested for drug possession as well. Um, one of them, one I was locked up in a cell with Lenny that y'all will read about uh, in the story. He was locked up for weed just like me. Um, the other one, um, he got locked up for meth. Mm-hmm. So he was on that hardcore shit in the, in the, in the first and in, in chapter one when I, uh, they took me to the holding cell and I'm sitting across from this young Chinese dude we, me and him the only ones handcuffed we both got the red vest on I'm like why me and him the only ones come to find out the red vest it's, that, that symbolizes you got arrested for drugs so I'm mm-hmm. like now I think I'm like now I don't know what cuz got caught with you know what I'm saying because the other Chinese dude he was off that he was off that that dog food essentially you know what I'm saying he off that hardcore shit mm-hmm. and they just so man they just so uneducated they just not educated on just what flour is you know what I'm saying like it's a plant he's sitting here trying to compare meth to flour like they the same thing I'm like no bro <laughs> no bro look at this man and they're tweaking like trying to like just not being off of it for so long you know what I'm saying like bro look at how you are bro mm-hmm Nah, but I'm two different things, bro. <laughs> but I'm just like, damn, bro. These folks over here just say, hey, man, it's different. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, it's, it's, just, it's different, bro. Do your homework when you travel. That's all I can say. Yeah, for sure. Homework. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Please do your homework, y'all. Learn the laws, please. <laughs> so, you were arrested April 4th, 2019. You got to China um, October 10th, 2018. So, essentially, you were only in China for a couple of months before you were arrested. Um, did you, so, you didn't know any of the laws. Did you know any of the laws even in regards to, like, weed? And how long were you smoking weed prior to even, when did you actually start smoking weed? Well, um... I was high within like my first five days of being in China. Mm. It wasn't like I went out there looking for it either. I'm thinking, okay, China, this place is strict. You're not even going to be able to find this shit. So I'm going out there under the impression like that shit's not even going to be available. So it, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't indulge in it just because yeah. I ain't going to be able to find the shit. Yeah. I was wrong. Boy, that shit found me. Yeah, <laughs> it was destiny. Yeah, she found me. I'm like, bro, I was in the shop. Damn, for real, it's like that out here, right? Yeah, and I'm with older. I'm with folks that's been out here for two, three years and shit. So I'm like, okay, y'all been moving like this. Y'all know how to move with it clearly because y'all have been out here so long doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, oh, this shit lit. It's mm-hmm. a party. It's a party for real, for real. Yeah, for real. but yeah, I was um. My first time getting high, I, I wasn't from smoking. One of my colleagues that I was in the same class, um, the same girl that uh, was drug us to the club. Mm-hmm. She, um, she was from Seattle. Well, she was living in Seattle at the time. So she got down, she had brought some uh, uh, THC pills. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got some THC pills, got down. She put them in, a, they were blues, and she put them in an Advil bottle. So it looked like Advil. So she finessed the shit. So she, I got some pills, goddamn. I'm like, shit, what's up? We can goddamn pop one. And man, I was out of my mind, boy. I was high as fuck that night, goddamn. I did, we did it. We took, we popped twice. And not, it was just one random night. who was just kicking it high as hell, just powwowing and tapping in. And mm-hmm. the second night, I went to the club. To mm-hmm. the so that was the second time. And then one of the dudes that I met, no, no, I ain't even meet him at the club. Mm-hmm. I, I met the photographer. Um, and we doing a photo shoot. One of the dudes has, within the photo shoot, he was from Africa. 
Mm-hmm. So I link up and shit, goddamn, you smoke. I'm like, shit, what shit, yeah, what's up? He said, oh, yeah, for sure, goddamn, we link up, goddamn, we can burn. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, it's like that. And he go to, he going to school. He's a college student. foreign exchange student. I'm like, damn. I'm like, man, he pulled up to my apartment. And he had actual gas, gas, like this actual bud. Wow. At the time, when I was smoking, mm-hmm. we smoked a hash. So mm. for those that don't know who, what hash is, it's pretty much like, the crystals, the THC that be on the on the bud, mm-hmm. like you, it's just pounds and pounds of that just compiled into one solid ass rock. So I'm talking about this is a very very potent. You know what I'm saying? It's very very potent. That real yeah. shit, man. So I was man, we smoked with him, and I'm just like, damn, boy, I was like, damn, boy, this shit lit, boy. And we was just in my apartment. We ain't do shit. Like we was stuck. Like we was man folded. And then after that, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm working at my school and shit. Mm-hmm. My coworkers there, and it, she was a, one of them. She was a sister from Atlanta, ironically. <laughs> and yeah. uh, this uh, white dude, he was a uh, white gay dude. He's from London, mm-hmm. and a uh, black gay dude from South Africa. And they like, hey, but they say, hey, bro, you smoke? I'm like, shit, what y'all talking about? <laughs> what y'all mean? They're like, you know what I'm saying? You know, what I'm, I'm like, shit, what's up? Mm-hmm. Went back to uh. Homegirl apartment. And that's when I, I got introduced to the hash. So, mm. You know what I'm saying? Smoking hash. I'm like, damn, bro. I'm like, I would have never fucking guessed I'd be in China high as fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I would have never guessed it. Right. And then one of my other partners that I, you know what I'm saying, was in the same recruiting class. He worked a whole different school. His folks had, they plugged him in with that, one of the actual plugs. So, like, he ended up, you know what I'm saying, connecting me to his, to that plug. And I shot first time I shot with him. He pulled up to the apartment. He was out Salvadorian. Mm-hmm. So, cool man, cool down to earth, good spirit. Um, he delivered it to us and shit. He's like, hey, y'all trying to y'all trying to smoke? I'm like, what's up? Just, just chopping it up. Just like he had, he got like kids and shit out there. Like he really, I'm like, but you really out here? He a teacher too? Mm-hmm. Like, Damn, boy, you really out here? You thugging, thugging, like you serving and shit. You thugging, thugging, but you know what I'm saying? It's like it was all cool. It was all good energy, all positive. Like it's so much negativity that's tied to this shit. It's mm-hmm. like, bro, that shit is not the case whatsoever. Like, nigga, we go to work, come home, shower, smoke, uh, eat and watch a movie, go to sleep, and we do the repeat the same process all over again. On our days off, okay, nigga, let's get high and let's go explore China. Nigga, I'm not from here, you're not from here. Yeah. <laughs> We have, this is a, a playground. Let's go. Let's see what's out here. And yeah. On top of that, that is the uh, that's the ultimate adventure. Yeah. Not that shit is the ultimate adventure. So we just have it was just having fun, honestly. And the whole time I'm like, but this shit feels like it's like this doesn't feel like like this is like I, like I'm really out here doing like a job for real life. But I feel like I'm a foreign exchange student on in this program. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, it gave me college vibes still. So, you know, that's, I was just still stuck in that college mode, like, <laughs> just turning up, you know what I'm saying? But I'm still, like, I'm, I play football. I'm a student a student athlete, so I can still balance what I need to do as well as have my fun. So it's like, yeah. you know, definitely wasn't detrimenting nothing. It wasn't slowing nothing down, goddamn it. Nothing in regards to that. Yeah. Just, uh, that's it. Yeah, we're just enjoying ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. But you also smoked weed prior to hit touching down in China. You smoked it when you were in Seattle. You went to the dispensary, right? 
I didn't even start smoking for real. I didn't start smoking or drinking until my senior year of college. Mm. Most people been doing football. it. Most people been doing this shit since they was knee high to a bullfrog. So mm. I'm a late bloomer. I'm late when it got like I'm really goddamn like I'm talking about in high school but folks, they was smoking for they goddamn we get catch the bus to go to school. You know what I'm saying? Like they getting up extra early just to goddamn go outside and smoke before we go to school. I'm like, y'all need losing sleep just to goddamn like I'm yeah, like, huh? So it's just like this wasn't nothing I was always doing. I just I just got into this shit. I'm still Fresh into it now. I'm only 25, so we talk, you know what I'm saying. It's like it wasn't. No, it went. And then with me starting so late and having more of a developed brain and mindset and go about and understanding just how I go about doing the shit now is completely different. And I have more reasoning why I do it versus just motherfuckers that just do it just to do it. Yeah, because that's what people do. Just do it. Just to do it. Don't know shit about cannabis, the strains, the variations and variety. They don't know nothing about none of that. Exactly. They don't. Yeah. I know yeah. I don't shit. And I'm from California. I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> I really took the time to like really study and, you know what I'm saying, educate myself on what this is that I'm consuming, what it is that I'm doing, and what do I benefit from doing it. Goddamn, smoking for me helps me just take a step back and truly, truly, truly reflect deeply on things that I can't reflect on and the initial point it comes to my mind or can't really goddamn it also helps me feel as well emotionally mm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. being a football player and hyper masculinity being a mental disorder that most males suffer from yeah goddamn it's for us Keep to going. feel yeah it's, it's hard for us to feel so I'm like damn well I'm smoke I'm smoke don't let me have a lot of just bottled up and pent up aggression and emotion. I'm like, damn, I get smoking and shit and start thinking and reflecting. Now I'm like, damn, I'm feeling everything that, you know what I'm saying? That's naturally, I just suppress. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Naturally, just, and ain't like I'm doing it. It's just, that's just, man, football, nigga, D1 football, get over your feelings, get over how, fuck all of that shit. We got to go to, this shit is, and then, like I said, we grew up like this. We grew up like this too. So it's like, when you grow up like this already, then you goddamn Insta, you play this barbaric sport where you have to be that 10 times full, and then you play that at a Division One level. Yeah. Okay, now it's really goddamn, it's set in stone now. So it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, I have understanding, I have reasoning behind what I do, how I do it, and you know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. Yeah. And that's what everything, uh, that's everything about me. It's with reason and purpose and and just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hell no. <laughs> we ain't want it in. <laughs> Not. Yeah, so while you're in the interrogation room, you know, they running it down to you. They got you strapped down, arms, legs, back, every fucking thing. And then they ask you what your Chinese name is. And <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? This is some culture shit. Like, you gonna give me a fucking nickname? <laughs> So they name you Lucky. Is this something that's common in China that they give everybody or they only do this when you go to jail? Oh, no, 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 no. Like when um, when we was going to open our bank accounts, mm-hmm. it was like a lot, you know what I'm saying? They was asking a lot of us, especially my, my recruiting class. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we all went as a collective. Uh, like uh, one of my partners, a white boy from Alabama, funny as hell. He was like, they asked me, well, my Chinese name, I told him Jackie Chan. 
Because that like way early, you know what I'm saying? Way early in, in the shit. Just because, you know what I'm saying? It's just China's just different than America. So it's like, yeah. you hear a Chinese name here in American school, you'd be like, what the fuck that shit? What the what your name is? What? You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, it's for them. But I guess it's in that circumstance, they're like, okay, you, you ain't got no, okay, this is what we're going to call you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I really ain't got no choice at this point. So you say jump, I say hi, boss. <laughs> For real, I gotta get up out of here. So I can't. Last thing I need to be doing is be belligerent, and you know, that's not gonna make it any better. So <laughs> let me yeah. be compliant. And football taught me that as well. Mm-hmm. Coachable. <laughs> Are you coachable? Can you goddamn follow orders? Without complaining and bitching and moaning and being all in your feelings, I, oh shit! What you say, coach? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, this- so after you know they're interrogating you, you and you sign the contract. You have no fucking idea what this contract says. Everything is in Mandarin, and they bring you to your first sale. So, once again, for people that have not read the book, what's going through your mind now once you actually get to your sale? So when when the the uh, the CO, you know what I'm saying, walked into the city, he opened the door. Um, I see it's just it's it, at this point in time it's like three four in the morning. So of course folks are asleep. I'm talking about he opened that door and all you see is a line of bunks. At this at this point in time, I can't really tell how many bunks there are. Mm-hmm. But it's just a lot of wooden bunks that folks are sleeping on. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, imagine you back in the day, if you was at a slumber party or a sleepover with your teammates or your cousins, and you know what I'm saying? It's just a limited amount of space where folks can sleep. So imagine, you know what I'm saying? We all, you know what I'm saying? Imagine a slumber party or a sleepover from way back in the day, just, you know what I'm saying? Folks that you really fuck with, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't on, no, it ain't too weird. But yeah. imagine with, Random grown ass man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just let your mind. And then once I got actually in there, it was able to complicate. There was nine beds. Wow. In here, one, two, three, four, five, six. And there's fifteen of us in here. Fifteen. It's two people standing, taking, standing, watching people sleep. I'm like, what the fuck are these folks doing? Bill mm-hmm. isn't that big. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a big ass rectangle for sure. Um, I'm making a few eye contacts with folks that's just so happy to be up. They looking at me crazy. I'm looking at them crazy. <laughs> you know, and I look at the bathroom. The bathroom's within the cell. It's, uh, it's his own room for sure, but all it's all the walls are glass, so you can mm-hmm. see inside of it. Um, it's a squat toilet, t- toilet that you got to squat over. Um, sink, of course, mm-hmm. and. The shower is nothing but a pretty much a water hose with a shower head slapped up, tied to it. And um, yeah, I'm just like, damn, this shit is, I'm like, ooh, okay, this shit real. <laughs> I was just like, damn, this shit is real. I'm like, but I'm still just like, just in disbelief, like, damn, but this shit really happening to me. This shit's really happening to me. And I'm just like, damn. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm just still in shock. Like, damn, bro, this shit really happening. I'm really in here, bro. And I have no clue what the fuck, how this shit going to play out. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm just laid down. And I'm just looking up at the ceiling like, 
Damn, boy. <laughs> I'm really fuck? here. <laughs> what I got myself into. Damn. And I just got close my eyes and just got the little bit of rest that I could get. You know what I'm saying? Before it's time for us to get back up again. Mm-hmm. 30. Wow. So one thing that stood out to me, and we talk a lot about metaphysics and a different esoteric topics on the show. And in chapter one, you mentioned that on Thursdays, you put the meal in honor of your ancestors and you follow that up with a, a prayer and laying out an offering of food to honor them for all of their sacrifices. Well. And you say in the book that your ancestors told you, don't go to China. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for you is were you raised as someone that was religious or spiritual, and what is important for you to be connected with your ancestors yeah. in general? So, um, I grew up religious, of course, just because that's what my mama practiced. You know what I'm saying? That's what her mama practiced. Her mama's mama practiced. So that's just <laughs> what was instilled in our and her side of the tribe. You know what I'm saying? Just for a very long time. And of course, most people of color, Christians, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was the religion we practiced. Mm-hmm. But my father, on the other hand, was always a free thinker. Mm-hmm. Questioned everything, sought out new information and different perspectives on everything. So, and he implanted those seeds and he had a very young age, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the seeds sprouted and started to grow when I was 21 years old. Like I stopped really practicing Christianity. I was just really just doing my, I was just living at that point in time. And then that's when I just, like you said, just metaphysics and esoteric, just, just different energies. I'm just, now I just, cause I was just open-minded to it. And I'm like, now there's all this, just all this, just barrage, just new information that I've never heard before. Just, just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, now I'm like, okay, now I'm questioning everything. Now I'm seeing shit different. Now I'm like, something like <laughs> like, nah, okay. Okay, for sure. So that's when my just my spiritual awakening started happening when I was 21 years old. Um, and when it comes to my ancestors, I adopted that from this uh, ancient African religion called Ifa. For mm-hmm. those, probably some that know about it, some that probably like, what the hell is that? It's mm-hmm. probably, it's one of like, one of the oldest religions in the world. And um, they, you know what I'm saying, it's based with the ancestors, they pray to the ancestors because the ones that came before us. Mm-hmm. And you think about it from just a logical standpoint, who would be the closest or like the best connection between you and the most high within the spiritual world? Mm-hmm. The ones that came before you that are no longer here. Mm-hmm. And what does that sound like? A guardian angel. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Just with that understanding, it's like, okay. I can, I can, I can, yeah, mm-hmm. I can relate to that. I can feel, I feel that for sure. I'm like, that, I feel that for sure. So that's where that came, that practice come from. You know what I'm saying? Thursday, you, you cook it, you know what I'm saying? Cook it for your ancestors. Don't use no white salt, you know what I'm saying? Three glasses of water, mm-hmm. Got you a cup of gin or some, something for them to sip on, you know what I'm saying? Lay out some desserts and all that, you know what I'm saying? And then you pray, you know what I'm saying? Pay homage and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? going about your business like that. So mm-hmm. that's where, and I was introduced to this right before I was getting ready to go to China. And mm-hmm. and actually the dream that I said I had, it wasn't even a dream for real, for real. I just put it in the book as a dream. Mm-hmm. I got a, 
I got a spiritual reading. I got a reading from uh, one of the chiefs. And he was saying that, you know what I'm saying, the ancestors was like, they said China would not be good for me. Mm-hmm. They say it was going to be bad, but it wasn't going to be, you know what I'm saying, the best thing for me. And um, but at that point, someone that he telling me this, I'm like, literally, bro, I leave for China in two days. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, at this point, it's it's a done deal. I'm like, and he was like, shit, you know what I'm saying? You can make it, you get, you gotta have to, you gonna have to do a blood sacrifice to the ancestors, you know what I'm saying? So they can, you know what I'm saying, be with you and, you know what I'm saying, make sure everything's straight. Mm-hmm. And, but of course, I'm like, bro, I leave in two days. I don't have time for that. So yeah. he did it, he did it in honor of me. I had to give him clothes of mine and stuff so he can, you know what I'm saying, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So all in all, you know what I'm saying, shit played out the way that it did, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as bad as it could have been at the same time. Because mm-hmm. you made it out. The facts. <laughs> and I'd end up doing the shortest amount of time out of the vast majority of people that was in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shortest amount of time. So it was just like, and I had no clue what tales, but I ain't received no information. Everybody else knew how long they was going to do all of that. I'm the only one that shit. But I don't know what the hell mm-hmm. going to happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> And I know a lot of times your ancestors in the book were giving you messages in your dreams, but what are some other ways that your ancestors give you messages? Um, are there like signs? Are there like symbols that they give you as well? Or they or do they talk in your ear? In general or just at that point in time? Uh, in general. In, in general. general um, definitely um, just, yeah, signs. And it, the signs can come in so many different different forms you know what i'm saying it could be somebody speaking and saying something or me watching something and like oh making a connection or reading something making a connection it'll come in any type of form for sure for mm-hmm. sure but it just when i was locked up shit i'm in one setting for the vast majority of the book ain't you know what i'm saying so it's like shit only thing only thing they really can do is shit, okay when well, i'm dreaming Mm-hmm. Hey, man, them dreams, whoo, them dreams was crazy, boy. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> but they're very telling, they're very enlightening. And for a lot of people, people just think in general when you dream that you're just having dreams that don't have any meaning to them. But most of the times, a lot of people's dreams have meaning. But, and, and it's a way for like, you know, in your particular sense, where you're able to get guidance through them. And that's because you're not able, you're not getting in your own way when you're dreaming. Whereas like, you may see a sign when you're awake and then you just think it's something else. But when you're sleeping, you're able to really focus on whatever the message really is. So it, I think it's important for just people in general to adopt that habit of just writing down your dreams and deciphering them yeah. because there's a lot of meaning to that. That's, yeah, I started to, I really started getting into that, like writing my dreams down or like looking them up really until mm-hmm. what, what, this year, for real? <laughs> this year, just because I was, just, I, one of my friends was like, yeah, bro, I be, uh, I be dreaming and shit, bro, I be looking this shit up and the shit be goddamn, okay, for sure. So I, I mean, I was just introduced to it and I'm an open-minded ass motherfucker and I'm always willing to try something new. So it's just like, for sure, you ain't, let me see what it's talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta be willing and open-minded and acceptable to just new things that you're not used to. You know what I'm saying? And question everything that you've learned up until this point and everything that you do up to this point. Mm-hmm. Question it all. Because mm-hmm, all this shit comes from someplace and if you have no knowledge of where it comes from, you're just doing this shit just to be doing it. Mm-hmm. No understanding. You just got down. 
<laughs> just, just skating by on life, you know? Just, you just going day to day. Existing instead of living. Exactly. And, you know, I actually had a dream interpreter on my show. His name is Dr. Michael Lennox. He's also a well-known astrologer as well. And so we were going on different meanings of uh, dreams and stuff like that. So that might be an episode you want to check out, too. You know, you should definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know you said like, you know, the black community has pretty much adopted for the most part Christianity as their form of religion. But what do you see as some of the misconceptions that the black community has when it comes to African religion or spirituality? Um, Just no knowledge of it whatsoever. Aside from what's just been spoon fed to them for the over the course of time and like i said people don't take the time to really question nothing yeah they just sit there and just do and it's really on some slavery shit <laughs> what it sounds like some slavery shit. i'm just yes master no master goddamn instead of a, why mm-hmm. well now goddamn i don't really feel you know what i'm saying we ain't you know we're not even on that type of time no more folks yeah. you know what i'm saying so but it, shit is definitely changing it's shifting for sure for sure it ain't you know what i'm saying uh the lost tribe is definitely awakening for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I feel like it's our generation and the ge- generations below to come. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be that shift for sure. But I feel like it's definitely going to start with us just because we just on a whole different type of time. They talk shit about us, but man, we changing the game. The game is changing just because of us. Yeah. I'm talking about shit shifting. Like we in a whole pandemic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that is, that's not, they ain't got nothing to do with us, but like, just we, you know what I'm saying, folks haven't got time to really just not get distracted by nothing. You ain't got to work nothing. You ain't got you ain't got to pay about worry about bills nothing. Just sit back. Think. Man, man, so many businesses done got started. So many LLCs and got started. Some so folks got them. It's, folks don't even go to work no more. Shit is shit. Facts. So, yeah. 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 Sure. Absolutely. So, it's gonna happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? In due time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, but you know what? Things like this happen for a reason, like the pandemic, where it's for everybody to stop and think and to analyze and how what what we actually need to change and how we need to move forward as humanity. Okay. Because we've been doing a lot of fuck shit for a long time. And that's why we're in the predicament that we're in. So if we just analyze that or go for the job that we really truly are passionate about working instead of just working this job that you really don't care about because you're just trying to survive. So you're working that, but you're miserable. You're not living out your true purpose. And it's like the whole point of living is to to be on this planet is to find what your purpose is, you know, and the meaning behind that. So it's not like Nipsey, right? I, <laughs> I might be channeling him right now. <laughs> or you channeling me? <laughs> oh my man, that's just man. It's all Nip talk about and all Nip preach. It's like shit, bro. If you knew, you knew. You know what I mean? So I just my mind was out. It's been different for a very long time. Now I've been running my marathon for a very, very long time now. Mm-hmm. And shit, motherfuckers still continues. It took Nipsey 10 years, so I know it ain't gonna happen overnight, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. gonna battle every emotion, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna be long-winded, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna keep, get cramped up, you gonna got down motherfuckers you running with, they gonna got them get tired and wanna got down, drag you down with them because they trying to stop to slow down. And like, nah, bro, you just gotta get, man. Everybody mm-hmm. can't go, so shit. Yeah. So it's just brown, man. We gotta keep running. Keep and he's running. one of your big influences, right, Nipsey Hussle? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I looked at it too. Yeah, yeah. The shirt you <laughs> released the marathon. Yeah, he was there. It was yeah. Surprised <laughs> I ain't even quoted him yet. You know what I'm saying? Usually every anytime I'm interviewing him, I done quoted this man at least about five, six times. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I ain't even quoted him once yet. Until you, you just started spinning like damn, yeah. It's like what Nipsey was saying. So like for sure. <laughs> Here. <laughs> From Cali, so I'm already knowing you know the vibe. So it's like, I know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> He's on. A, he was on a whole nother plane. He was yeah. way beyond his years and his time. Mobile, and they know that. Yeah. <laughs> so in the first cell, you speak about a guy who you call your representative, who looked out for you while you in jail. He communicated for you while you in jail, and you said that you felt like you knew him for a past life, or he was brought to you, you know, by your ancestors or the universe to help you through your time in jail. But do you still have contact with him? And do you actually really truly feel like, you know, you were with him in a past life, you were friends or something like that, and he was brought to you to really help you? Um, I get asked that a lot. Like, far as if I still keep in contact with him, nah. Like, like I like I said in the book, like he asked me for my number and I gave it to him. But I'm I'm giving it to him. I gotta say it in Chinese for him to be able to understand it. And it yeah. wasn't. I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, damn. I think I gave him the wrong number. Mm. And I'm like, damn. I showed up, and then it wasn't until like I had. You saying he got released the next day? I'm like, I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, yeah, I showed up. Did give him the wrong number. Damn. <laughs> But it's like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It was just we only it was just only for that point in time. Like if we do come across again, then I you know what I'm saying. I know for a fact. Then I'm like, yeah, okay, that's some real universal shit. Like we was mm-hmm. definitely you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot more meaning to it. You know what I'm saying versus just me just being in this predicament and you just looking out for a nigga. Like nah, bro. Like okay, we definitely got down. We supposed to got down be in contact. We supposed to be got down connected. Mm-hmm. Show for sure. But um, nah, nah, yeah, I ain't talked, I ain't seen nor talked to him since mm-hmm. Beijing Jail Six. Um, but I do just, you know, what I'm saying, just to be able to fully communicate with somebody that you can't even communicate with verbally. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, learn so much about a person that you can't communicate with verbally. Mm-hmm. See, I know this man. A couple years older than me, he got two kids, wife, goddamn, know what this man do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's explaining all so much what he can't wait to do when he get out. I'm like, damn. He's <laughs> like, how I many of you are speaking? We doing body gestures and goddamn. We body language, everything. But I'm like, and, I, and this is the only person in this cell that I can do this with. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. Hey, what is it? That's no coincidence. Yeah. That's no coincidence at all. There's <laughs> no coincidence at all. So it's like, yeah, we definitely, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I'm saying? It's our spirits. You know what I'm saying? Okay, just in this lifetime, you just so happen to be Chinese, nigga. I'm American, but you know what I'm saying? I definitely, our spirits recognize each other and goddamn, it's definitely camaraderie, natural, genuine, or just off the rip. So I'm like, oh yeah, bro, you can It's too, uh, it got to be something. It's deeper than that. That's just how my mind works. You know what I'm saying? No, it's deeper than that for sure, for sure. Yeah. Do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah, yeah, I feel. Yeah, I, I just hear different. I just hear like you just are open minded to just different perspectives. Like you come across so many different, so many different things, and just how people feel like life works and 
how this shit is. So it was like, ain't no really real, it, you can't really pinpoint how this shit actually is for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. You don't really ever know, you know what I'm saying, truly, but you know what I'm saying, you just take, hear, hear what you hear, take what you need to take and just apply it to your life the way you see fit. So <clears throat> I just feel like, <clears throat> damn, I forgot the question. What was the question? <laughs> you believe in reincarnation. You did answer oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> Are you high right now? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm I was scrambling trying to get back. I, was, I coach high school football and shit, so I'm like, I had to drop three players off, and I'm like, I just got back to the house at like yeah. seven, right on the dot. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? You made it on time though. <laughs> I'm a student athlete, D1. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <You> got it. <laughs> uh, uh, my mind is different. Yeah. <laughs> And I definitely believe in reincarnation. It's funny because, you know, people, you know, especially with Christianity, there's so many people that say, you know, once you die, that's it. You go sit on a cloud or you go to God's mansion. You just stay in a room all day long after that. But to me, it's like, if that was the case, that would be completely pointless of life. Like, what are you really learning? That's it. Like, we just sit on a cloud. We go to God's mansion and that's the that's the end of it all. But if you also really think about it, Jesus reincarnated himself. So it's like and he's still living. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at it from that perspective, then it's funny to me how people that believe in Christianity don't believe in that that there's reincarnation or there is a such thing of the afterlife and that you live on and you live many lives when there's so many examples of people living multiple lives and being reborn again. I mean, Jesus is reborn again. So it's like, come on now, you know, like people are just so have such a one track mind about it. They don't really want to take the time to analyze it and assess it and see it for really what it is. Cause all this shit is really in everybody's face. You open the Bible, it's right there. It's reincarnation. That's what happened to Jesus. He rose from the dead. What the fuck? How you gonna sit on a clock? You know, it makes no sense. We so. live in a society full of followers. Yeah. No ideas, not so many natural born leaders. Yeah. Like that. If they are natural born leaders, goddamn, they're muted. Yeah. You know? And it's still something that still rise above and goddamn definitely make their presence known and just their mind be known and shit. Sometimes that shit work and sometimes that shit don't. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's, hey man, it's living a society full of followers, man. Folks just gonna do what they gotta do to just get by and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, live their best life. <laughs> but it's like shit. Man. When you're living, you following. exactly (laughs) exactly so eventually your representative gets out you're stuck in jail they move you to a different part of the jail but you find two english speakers you find victor and we find lenny you guys build your bond with each other and lenny becomes your translator for you have you kept in contact with them and what role did they play while you were locked down for others that have not read the book yet yeah, yeah, I still, yeah, I'm still tapped in with Lenny and uh, Victor for sure. For okay, sure. okay. Um, all friends on Facebook and shit. You know what I'm saying? We actually, <laughs> we actually did that. So, that? um, I, I can't even remember the last time I talked. It wasn't that long ago, but it's been a little bit for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor is um in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, last I talked to Lenny, he was in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he was back out there. So, um, but he was just only in Hong Kong and shit. But just really bounced between Hong Kong and America. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just as far as just the you know what I'm saying and the sale, man. Just like bro, we was. This was like brothers, honestly, just brothers, automatic camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? And I got a good energy, good spirit. They both got good energies and good spirit. And we all can communicate with the same language. Goddamn. So, and then at this point, I'm just completely clueless. I have no clue what the hell is going on. So now that I can communicate with somebody and get information and start learning how this shit works. Okay, now, okay, what? And then I definitely just want to tap in with y'all see like how y'all end up here. Just like, man, what was your life like? The fact that we, one, we met each other in China and then just not just any random place. We in jail in China. So, but just the fact that we in China, period. Like, yeah. damn, bro, what was your life like for you to even like just be out here in general? Mm-hmm. It's hard as fuck. Yeah. How many people go with China? Live in China. I don't know. And sing them. Some shit that like everybody don't get to experience, bro. So I'm like, shit. Man, I, I pride myself on that because I like doing shit that don't nobody really do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what? If I feel like this and I look at y'all the same way, you know what I'm saying? Rather y'all look at it like that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so just within that, just that whole dynamic, man. It was, it was, that shit was a vibe. Like, Man, we just, you would have thought we'd known each other for years. The way we was just in there, just kicking it and just, man, what? It was always harmonious, never any drama, no, nothing. I'm not confrontational anyway, so it wasn't, it definitely won't be no energy from me in regards to that. So it was like, mm-hmm. what? That's yeah. true. And my dog, I can't wait to see them again, too. I bet. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they were so influential in your experience in jail, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you you have to keep that bond going. Oh, me, what? Well, we got locked up abroad, bro. We're like, we, like, we so, like, we brothers, bro, like, <laughs> I was in football. Like, we brothers, bro, like, we tied in, bro. So I, I really can't, what? It's gonna be lit. <laughs> but, man. And you was also teaching um, English lessons while you was locked down in there too, right? You was like the Rosetta Stone of that bitch. <laughs> Two people hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, shit, ain't nothing. Else to do. We shit, yeah. we got to do something your time. Which who? <laughs> let's yeah. do it. You know what I'm saying? Who's look? You're willing? Shit, I am too. Yeah, so I found some participants that was willing. So shit, okay, bet. The same methods I learned from training, goddamn, I did the same shit <laughs> motherfucking self. You know what I'm saying? But we review no uh, previous material. I just, okay, this is what we learning this day. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, this is what me. I got Victor, I mean, uh, Lenny translating so y'all can uh, be able to uh, comprehend and fully understand what it is that we going over. And then shit, now we finna have y'all practice using this language and then mm-hmm. goddamn, how y'all practice writing and reading. <laughs> goddamn, and shit, what? That shit was lit too. <laughs> that background was good for something. It came a long ways. <laughs> the company I worked for, like they was like, you can teach you like they had adult learning as well. They had, you know what I'm saying, they courses for adults as well, but like you had to be a lot more, I guess, more professional, more it just had a whole different dynamic to teach the adults just because they hella serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kids like we just here play type shit. Let's have fun. But like, you know what I'm saying? So that's why they was like, yeah, I think you'll be more suitable for the kids. I'm like, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's interesting. I'm like, okay, shit, shit. I'm sitting here teaching adults. I'm like, 
probably could have maybe I probably talk to adults too. Like that shit, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't nothing that crazy. But yeah, that shit was, was, was a vibe. Like it was ugly going through it, but looking back on it all uh, now, that shit was all in all, shit was fun. China was fun. Uh, inside the last 14 days at China was a, a blast. Mm-hmm. So to out there six months total. Got locked up for 14 days. So we talking about the good up here, the bad right here. So the good outweigh that bad by the landslide. So all in all, that shit was a great experience for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, shit, for me, I don't know what the fuck I would have done. I, I would have been on some other show like, oh my God, get the fuck out of here. Been hella fucking dramatic about this shit. Like, <laughs> but everybody feels differently. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely. The, just the mental toughness to be yeah. able to stand it. And I always had a great, great, great deal of patience and still do. Incredibly patient. Um, so that helped as well. So one thing that had me fucking rolling when I'm reading the book is when you start talking about all these stereotypes that they was running down to you about black men, such as your penis size. They start talking about your hair texture. Like, I mean, like, I'm sure you didn't start whipping your thing out and showing them. But like, I mean, what was your response when they're like asking you about something so personal like that? Like, I mean, (laughs) I'm like, these folks really don't know shit about. Yeah. That's really, I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, damn, niggas will sit here and do the same thing with one of y'all though. Chinese nigga come walk, we go, oh yeah, we're gonna be, we especially have, we're not knowledgeable of your, you and your people, so oh, yeah, we're gonna do the same shit. So I'm like, yeah, no, that's not the case. And it's like, shit, luckily for y'all, y'all got, y'all, y'all just not locked up with just any type of spirit. Y'all, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With it, it being me, okay, well, shit, let me actually inform you. Let me goddamn, hi, that's funny. Nah, yeah. let me enlighten you. <laughs> let me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. And I respect how you feel. I respect how you think. I think, but let me give you this other perspective. You know what I'm saying? And now you think about that. And you know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's all it was. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, I wasn't taking no offense to none of that shit just because I know that shit is like that mm-hmm. everywhere. You know what I'm saying? For folks that's not used to no other group or race or culture that's not you know what I'm saying so and what I'm saying man just traveling is it's essential yeah traveling is essential and then even within America you trade from the north to the south east to the west central mm-hmm. it's all it's still the same still America everybody speaks English but that shit different though yeah go about it it's different you know what I'm saying so it's like if you only been exposed to one way of thinking, one way of living, one way of everything, shit, bro, I can't fault you for goddamn, I can't. Yeah. But you know what? Asking somebody what their penis size is and what it look like is some weird fucking shit. Okay, it regardless. Is. <laughs> it is, but it's like shit. Y'all niggas this comfortable to having these conversations? Yeah. yeah. Y'all culture's different. That's like, okay, I'm different over here, like, you can't have this conversation in America, bro. Like, nah, that shit not gonna slide. If yeah. I was a different type of nigga, I would fight off on your shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, you like I said, you amongst a calm and, and, and nurturing spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, shit, let me goddamn educate you. But I'm like, shit, y'all definitely different. Sure. Yeah. 
They're so immature. All of them, like, you think Chinese people be the serious group of goddamn, but these folks, I'm like, bro, I'm in this cell with a bunch of goddamn, <laughs> like, what you think I'm in it with little kids? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, these folks is really like immature. Like, damn. Okay, it's just interesting. It's like we have, like I said, we already have our stereotypes of Chinese people in general. So it's like, yeah. damn, I'm like really seeing y'all for like really to really see y'all. I'm like, damn, man, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm really just holding myself accountable. I'm looking at, I'm looking, I'm like, damn, okay, see, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like these niggas in essence, but it's like, okay, but I'm actually being open minded and receiving. And now my perspective is changing and I'm growing from this experience. I, if y'all, maybe, I don't know. That's, uh, yeah. Y'all, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And you also talk about the lack of hygiene in there too, like not having access to toothbrushes, like having to use a squat toilet and, you know, people not washing their hands and stuff like that. So, like, is that something that's common in China? That you would see a lot. You go to a restaurant and you see one employee go to the bathroom and they come out. You know, ten you, about nine out of ten times they did not wash their hands. Wow. That's just that you know for a fact they didn't wash their hands. The school I worked in, the bathrooms ain't even had soap in. So why is that? Like, what what is the issue? Like, why the you know why is there such a lack of hygiene? Why the niggas nasty like that? I have no clue. I didn't <laughs> even want to know why. I'm like that shit ain't right though. Yeah. Y'all y'all get it. Hey, I'm in y'all land, bro. I'm not yeah. from here, so y'all y'all won. I ain't finna sit trying to come over here and got them, and I'm not finna be on no Christopher Columbus shit. No, nah, I'm not finna yeah. do that. Yeah, that's the way I do it. Hey, by all means, shawty, work your one. Yeah, shit, best believe you can see me, goddamn. You know what I'm saying? Watching like, my fucking hands <laughs> without coming across like a dictator on some shit. You know what I'm saying? Let me show yeah. you. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's just that was just my whole approach. But I'm like, yeah, these folks nasty, bro. Like, these are different. Yeah, different for sure. Yeah, and then the one dude got sick. The one of the leaders of the cell ended up getting sick, swollen eyes and shit. So this is why you need to wash your hands. You know, hygiene mm-hmm. is very important. <laughs> <laughs> you look so crazy. <laughs> you look crazy. Oh, oh my god. god. So you were locked down 24 hours a day. You couldn't have any visitors. You were told when to wake up, when to take naps. How did that affect your mental, not being able to have any connection with the outside world and, you know, not being able to, you know, see the sunlight, to see what, what day or what time of the day that it is? Did that it's affect like your on a, a tight, tight regimen like that. Mm-hmm. Um, football mm-hmm. was, was the first aspect to introduce me to anything like that. You know what I'm saying? You go for those that played college ball or just play sports in college and you especially those that play football and went to fall camp. That's all I gotta say. For those that do know fall camp, that's that's 14 days of Beijing. From the time you wake up, you told when to wake up to the time it's time for you to go to bed, you have every, your whole day is mapped out for you and what you are supposed to do. You may have bits and pieces of time where you can take, you know what I'm saying? You can sit back, relax, and probably get squeezing out in here and there. But aside from that, you're gone from dusk. I mean, from dawn to dusk, you're gone. 
going. So that was the first aspect being able to, to the first experience to like introduce me just to that type of, you know what I'm saying, regimen. So all in all, it, like I said, that's why I was I was so easy going as you read it, just because I'm like, okay, ain't nothing that I ain't used to ethically, you know what I'm saying, for the most part, you know what I'm saying, it's just different just because I'm in China and I can't communicate and I don't know what's going on versus mm-hmm. I know I'm at fall camp, this is what we do, this, you know what I'm saying, this is how this shit goes, you know what, yeah. what I'm saying, so, um, yeah, so just being locked up 24, just, you know what I'm saying, just all of that, it's just been football prepared me for a lot. No cap, <laughs> no cap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is, it was. It really wasn't. It was. It was like I said. It was different just because I just ain't know what was going on. But mm-hmm. all in all, I was still able to handle it well. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So, did it affect any of your other cellmates? Did they have any like mental breakdowns about being locked away twenty four hours a day, or did they handle um, it well? Shit, they pretty much handled it well just because they knew what was going on with them. They, they knew they said, mm-hmm. I was the only one that had, yeah. damn, what? how many, oh, you got 10 days? Oh, what, you got 15? Oh, you you got you got three? Oh, uh, you got five? Oh, damn, how many you got? Chance, how many you got? I don't even know. Lady folks ain't up. These niggas ain't told me nothing, bro. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. I'm just in here, bro. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, you can be a little bit more at peace because you know I'd have no clue, but I'm sitting us, but I'm still just as calm as y'all. <laughs> I'm still just as calm as y'all in fog of war. It was like that's wild, <laughs> some wild shit. Shout out to football, man. Football. <laughs> Shout out to football, yeah. man. Good for yeah. something. So, okay, you didn't know how long you were going to be in jail for, but I do remember when you were talking to, I think, Linear Victor, and there was like, they didn't tell you when you was looking over your contract, and I know how it was in Mandarin, so it's not like you, you know, knew what it actually said, but were you able to ever get a hold of that contract to see what it actually said? In the contract, you know how many days you're supposed to serve? Well, no, nah, that signed and fingerprinted that motherfucker. They snatched that bitch up and sent me back to the cell. And then once I got released, I just signed that motherfucker fingerprinted. They took that shit and took my ass on, got down to the next phase of the, you know what I'm saying, the release process. So it's like, yeah. and I really wasn't pressed about sitting there trying to get to read that shit either. Because I'm like, I'm looking at it, bro. I can't read this shit worth a damn. <laughs> I can't. So like, I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't know what this shit is talking about. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, what I'm saying, I had to be a whole. Like, I had to screenshot it and got, you know, what I'm saying, each section, like different. That'd be a whole process just trying to be able to trans. Oh, huh? Let me read it. You know, what I'm saying, somebody read it. You know, what I'm saying, tell me. And I was just like, we well, ain't had that type of time, <laughs> so I just had no choice but to just follow orders and be a, uh, um. Obedient, I guess, is the word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Compliable. That's, that's a, better, a better word. Being compliable. But I know you also said in uh, the book that your ancestors, you had a dream. And I guess they let you know that depending on the amount of grams you got caught with was the amount of time you would serve in jail. So I think three grams was like a month or something like that. Yep. Right. And then I believe what you got caught with, was it like 1.3 grams? 1.4. One four. It was like two weeks in jail. So yes, that was approximately like the amount of time that you actually did spend in jail. So two weeks. Exactly. So yeah, well, that's yeah. another message. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's, you know what I'm saying? You, you find that out early in, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's early, early into the story. So it was like, damn. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, uh, as I'm writing this, I'm like, damn, these folks told me. <laughs> they told me. 
And I'm like, damn, I'm like, damn, that's crazy, bro. So I'm like, this story gonna be hard as fuck. <laughs> this shit gonna be so hard. I knew it was gonna be hard, but I'm like, this shit, like, it, and it is hard. It went hard multiple times. So, mm-hmm. y'all tap in, man. Go get y'all copies. For real. Definitely, y'all. Did. <laughs> I read the whole damn book, so I, I love that. I enjoyed it. I was like, like I said, when I got to chapter. Three, I was like, oh, shit, you can't cut me off here because you gave me the short version. I'm like, nah, let me put my little bit in, put my little money, <laughs> donate to the cause, read the whole fucking book, and I don't regret it at all. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you also talk about, like, in your book that you had watcher schedules where everybody took turns watching the sales. So were, like, any of the guards present watching you guys through this process of being in jail? Like, what was their role? Like, did they have cameras in there? There's cameras in the cell. Well, just one camera mounts high up on the wall, capturing the whole cell. And that's just how they observed us. You know what I'm saying? They weren't like they was standing outside the door and shit. Nah, hell no. Nah, they, wherever the hell they at. And <laughs> they just watching this from the monitor. And they see somebody doing something that they ain't supposed to be doing. They'll get on that motherfucker and start hollering. What the hell they saying? I have no clue. They just, they just shouting. That's all I know. So I, I just know that means somebody doing something they ain't supposed to. But yeah, that was the yeah. point of it. What was the point of having watcher shifts if you already have guards uh, watching you? As far as um, the watch, I, was, I, I, I have no clue why they made us do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I wasn't finna sit there asking no questions either. I'm like, okay, clearly. I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason behind why they have folks taking watch while folks asleep. Mm-hmm. Just I never really got that explanation. And I really wasn't intrigued to find out either. I get <laughs> you know out. <laughs> uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I feel it. So, and Bruce, okay, we're getting on to fucking Bruce. So, <laughs> Bruce was a per- person that you mentioned throughout the book who was exiled by the U.S. government because he was talking about the corruption. Um, he was a whistleblower, pretty much. He spoke about high-level, uh, having knowledge of high-level officials that were taking people's tax money and putting it into private accounts. Apparently, he wrote a book that was on Amazon about the U.S. government's involvement in 9-11. And he would say this every, every day. He was in jail for a year. He said that he couldn't get any contact with the family, with his family, who are his wife that lived in Canada and he was offering a $10,000 reward. But you also mentioned how every time that he would mention his last name, you never could get it. And a guard told you, leave him alone. Like, don't, don't help this man. If you help him, you're going to be in this shit too. So you might as well keep your nose clean and mind your business. But what do you feel? And, and I know that you said in the book that you felt like there was a reason behind why you can never catch his last name. So were you ever able to figure out who the fuck Bruce was or even catch his last name? That's for, that's for y'all to do. Okay. Okay. We got to solve the riddle y'all. My job was just simply to get the message out there. And with the information I was giving, I'm like, I'm definitely going to add it to the story because the shit make, it makes the story even better. So, of course, I'm like, I ain't going to neglect fuck all that, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as far as me going up and say, hell, man, what I heard, I put on paper, if y'all really intrigued to goddamn look that man up and see if y'all can feel, hey, by all means, y'all do that. I my job, I did my job. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. did what I could and shit. Yeah. That, that, that's all you getting from me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be the reason. I'm gonna capitalize off of you for sure, for sure. And hopefully with that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Somebody, 
really got them put in the research to like, and I I think I had people like like yeah, I was trying to look them up, and I don't I don't know if they was able to find anything or not. I really didn't care. I'm like, hey, I'm sure somebody will. That's deep sure. though. Somebody will. Yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. will. That boy, that, that, have- too. that may have hurt your process trying to get back to the U.S. Because I mean, you're a U.S. citizen helping someone that's exiled from the U.S. Mm-hmm. try to get back you know, to the U.S. and get in contact with his family. So it's like this this was a whole messy situation. And yes, like you did good by staying out of it. It was a reason. <laughs> I'm back here now. So I'm like, shit, yeah. I can, you know what I'm saying? For sure. I don't know. I better say, y'all can take it and y'all work y'all one with it. And if y'all really that intrigued to look him up, hey, by all means, I'm pretty sure he will be grateful for it. And if you know, so make contact with his folks, hey, man, is a young Chinese man, that, I mean, young American man that <laughs> was, you know what I'm saying, definitely helped us, you know what I'm saying, or at least gave us what we needed to, you know what I'm saying, conduct yeah. the search and whatever, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What? Shit. Hey, he might up that reward. It might be 20K. Man, shit, I need man. it. <laughs> <laughs> so you also talk about how when eventually you were able to meet with the U.S. Embassy, and while you were like on your way to talk with the representative, you mean you find out that your roommate Bari is fucking locked up too. Uh-huh. Bari is locked up for weed as well. So this is kind of like crazy because it's like, I mean, what the? How did this happen? Like you go in jail first, and then Bari's there a little shortly after. I mean, your mom and his mom were in contact, um, kind of during the situation. But not really, because initially, like, your mom had no idea. None of your family even knew where you were at this particular point in time. But, like, what, I mean, what did you think when you seen him in jail? It's like, what, like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, man, that's like, you run into somebody you know at some place you was, you would at least expect to see them at. Like, just one of those moments, like, what? What? Hey, what is you? What? What? Goddamn! What? 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 It was just like one of them. Just like, boy, I, I was just like, that's why I'm, like, I, I'm just going through it. I'm just like, this. I'm like, you can't make this shit up like this. I'm like, this story, <laughs> like this is too crazy. I'm like, this is like a movie. This is a drama for real, for real. Like, now yeah. I'm living. I get to experience it. So it was just, it was just crazy. But it was still, it was still good to see because it's like, mm-hmm. man, I had no clue. I'm like, man, when the next time I'm gonna see this mic. Next time, lo and behold, boom. A few days later, I said, God damn. But it's like, damn, I just know, you know what I'm saying? I, can't, I'm, I know where you at. You know where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? We both straight and we still us. Mm-hmm. We still us. And so, it's you, we sitting there laughing and shit at this point. It's like, damn, nigga. Like, <laughs> what are the odds? Man, man it's, it's uh, saying like misery loves company. We both in this miserable situation. And it's like, ah. Perfect company. <sighs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we, hey, for sure, for sure. Road dog. That's my partner in crime, literally. Yeah. <laughs> my partner in crime, literally, literally. My and what's so ironic is someone came to his door. Well, they the cops had came to his door, too, and then they tested him for the same thing you got tested for, which is weed. So do you feel like both of you guys were like dimed out? Because like that's what it's seeming like to me. Someone was diming you guys out. Someone was watching. Oh, my hat. That's a, that's the only thing I can conclude. Like somebody yeah. definitely was 
talking for sure. You know what I'm saying? And who? I have no clue. Cause I'm like, I had a large little community, and just me, naturally, I'm a social smoker too. So I'm like, if I find camaraderie with another person that smoke, oh, best believe, I would, I'm mm-hmm. for them. we don't powwow. So it's like, man, I had a, a nice little community. So I'm like, man, ain't no telling. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was gonna get out and be, go back and talk amongst everybody to see what nah, shit. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this gonna be it for me. Once I get out of here, so it's like, yeah, I have no clue. It's still a mystery to this day. I just because just how me and him are, just how just how our spirits are, just our mm-hmm. character, our mindset. We were the only individuals out of all the people that we knew that was on that shit mm-hmm. that was strong enough mentally. Mm-hmm. spiritually and emotionally to withstand something like that. Everybody else would have folded, would have, that shit would have fucked them up probably for life. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody is suitable for no shit like that. Mm-hmm. And people get locked up in China all the fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just, once they get out, they just suppress it, act like that shit ain't never happened. They don't talk, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, just, it's just so... Uh, traumatizing, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that's why I, like, one of the reasons I know why that shit happened to us is because the universe started okay, yeah, these two, if anybody can handle it, these niggas can handle it, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna use them as an example for everybody else, like okay, y'all better learn from these niggas, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for sure, for sure, yeah. So, okay, the USMBC steps in. How long did it take them to actually step in and help you, and how instrumental were they into you being released? The U.S. Embassy, they it wasn't shit they can do. Mm. It's China's a communist country, so goddamn, they just pretty much hey, we just them folks ain't treating y'all inhumane or nothing like that, is it? No, not really. Oh, okay, all right. Hey, hey, hey. Anybody else you want us to contact for you? No, all right, then shit, you look good. Okay, bet. That's really that's 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 all that. Yeah, <laughs> it really wasn't much that folks can do. You know what I'm saying? We on China's time, so mm-hmm. you gotta. Sit down and do your bid and just wait for your number to get called, player. <laughs> wait for your number to get called, man. Rough. So I know you speak about your girlfriend and you speak about not having contact with, you know, the lady in your life and your mother and your friends and everybody. But what were her thoughts? What was running through her mind when she realized that you were missing and she wasn't able to get in contact with you? And then when she was able to finally get in contact with you, I know that she was someone that you first called when you got released from jail. So, like, what was the experience like for her? Um, my honestly, well, I I can't. I think I think we spoke on the phone probably like the night before, probably like the day before. Mm-hmm. All of, you know, what I'm saying all this shit had happened. Mm-hmm. Even when I was able, the one day I was able to make contact with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I that was the first person I hit up then. And I, you know what I'm saying? I called her, of course, the time, 12, 13 out of time difference. You know what I'm saying? It's during the day where I'm at. It's definitely at night over here in America. So I'm like, I just wasn't able to get in contact with her. Um, And then once I got out, I called her. And that's when I was able to speak to her. And, uh, at first, you know, was on, and nobody knew what the hell happened to me. Nobody knew until... <laughs> I was like, I was that one day I was able to make contact. Hey, y'all ain't gonna believe this shit. <laughs> this is what happened. This is where I'm at. Goddamn, stay low. You know what I'm saying? This was going on. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's when people was outside that. I'm not saying my hey, folks like, bro, he was here one second. Now this nigga gone. 
we don't know what the fuck going on. Everybody panicking. It was, I have no clue all this going on, but you know what I'm saying? As I got out and I'm learning, talking to other people, so oh, yeah, it was hella chaotic just trying to figure out what the hell happened to me. Like, mm-hmm. what, the, what the fuck? Where did this man go? So, what about the time I actually got in contact, went back in America and got to contact her? Um, she well, she already knew because I left her a voice message after she like she didn't answer, so I was just let her know. She already knew she, like she figured that was the case, so mm-hmm. uh, it really she wasn't really uh, she said had understanding. So with understanding comes acceptance. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. is what it is at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing we can just be out of out of everybody's control. So mm-hmm. bro, what you can. So I know also you wrote a romance novel that's based around your relationship with her. So, okay, certified lover boy, like tell me what the, what happened, you know, when you were released, like what, what was the status of your relationship? Because you're no longer with her. So like, you know, was it a couple of months after your release where you guys broke up and like, what inspired you about your relationship with her that led you to actually uh, write this romance novel about Well, shit, before the first half of the question, that's literally one of the chapters within the book. I explain all of that. And since the book ain't out yet, I ain't even going to get down. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I can't do too much about that. Okay, okay. I'd rather, just rather y'all just read it and then, you know what I'm saying? Y'all going to, you, you'll see for yourself for sure, for sure then. But what inspired me to write the novel, um, the same partner that told me to write 14 Days in Beijing, he was, as soon as I originally released 14 Days of Beijing, he was like, hey, bro, you should write about your relationship, bro. Like, that's a whole nother story. Like, folks, you know what I'm saying? Folks already asking this shit. It was saying, like, they asked about the girlfriend. It's mainly women ask, like, you might as well go ahead and get to him. I'm just like, mm-hmm. eh. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not just there. I'm not there yet mentally or emotionally to, you know what I'm saying, devote my time to speak on it and talk elaborate on it you know what i'm saying in depth like that but as time progressed um i came across a, a statistic that said uh, the number one selling genre out of all books is mm-hmm. romance. i believe it and when i seen yeah. that i'm it was just like a big ass light bulb just popped over my head i'm like damn Mm-hmm. I'm but a word. <laughs> hey, I sent me an outline, boy. <laughs> send me an outline, boy. He sent me the outline. I just angle for it. I just started filling it in. And mm-hmm. 32 chapters later, goddamn, that motherfucker is ready. Well, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, does she know it's about her? Do you still keep in contact with her? Hell no. Nah. Oh. Eventually, though. Okay, okay, but I see you on your Drake shit though, because like you know Drake likes to write about all his exes or his. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, okay. That was my that was my first real relationship, my first love, first heartbreak mm-hmm. all at once. So mm-hmm. it's like getting locked up abroad was a an experience that I, I can sit there, elaborate, and speak on, and I can definitely. You know what I'm saying? This is something I've never experienced, so definitely. Mm-hmm. I can I can do something with this story. I, mean, I still have all this. Me- I have all the memories and all, I got all of this still fresh. Yes. So with that, with her being my first everything, essentially, as far as just from a romantic standpoint. Goddamn! Oh yeah, this shit's still fresh. It's still lingering. I still got. I was so it was just nothing but just let me just get it on paper now and just like shit. Just tell the whole story and um. 
same feelings and shit I was feeling as I was writing 14 days. I felt when I was writing this shit. So I'm like, the 14 days went fucking crazy. So I'm like, oh, this shit gonna go even crazier just cause, <laughs> just cause it's romantic and you know what I'm saying? It's goddamn. And it's still, you know what I'm saying? Piggy, it come full circle and piggyback up off of uh, 14 days as well, just off in post 14 days. So yeah, it's all still a whole different story. Um, whole different story. Uh, brings everything full circle. Still gonna be a great, entertaining read. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a, just a roller coaster, just just like fourteen days is. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. No cap, no cap. Okay. I'm sure she's anticipating whatever, however she finds out about this book. I know she's probably gonna be very curious to see what's in the book, and I know she'll definitely read that shit. So <laughs> you know that damn, she gonna find out. That's all I know. Oh, yeah. Cause you know what I'm saying it's just like she. I'm sure she know about 14 days. Uh-huh. You know yeah, then some of her folks bought copies. <laughs> so it's just like you know what I'm saying, like yeah. Hey, so it's bound to happen. So are you single? Are you dating? Like, what's the status right now? Are you looking for love? <laughs> Shit, um, I guess the correct term. For me to answer that with is that I am openly dating. I guess okay. anything, okay. everything else I say is like, well, what do you really mean by that? Well, maybe got you know what I'm saying. I just dealing with other women after after dealing with her and shit is like, okay, clearly what how I'm explaining where I'm at as far as my status and shit. Like, y'all thinking something else versus what I'm actually saying. I'm like, am I not communicating the shit right? Because y'all got I'm tripping. Cause you know what I'm saying, I'm still doing me type shit. But it's like, yeah, that's it. I came across the old, I've experienced older women, and she was she hit me with that term, openly dating. That's probably what you need to start saying. I'm like, well, shit, probably, cause this shit OD. But openly dating, I got, I got a a female fan base for sure. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, I ain't even, oh shit! Keep it hundred for real. It's like. Say they won't, so shit. I'm gonna goddamn keep it a buck with you. I'm a savage says I ain't got no problem doing that shit either. I just be trying to be considerate. But fuck okay. it, that's how you can receive it and best believe that's the only way I, I deliver it that way for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you living your best life. That that's the correct term. We are living our best life right now. We're enjoying life. My relationship. Yeah. Like, so yeah, once I got out of that, I'm like, well, <laughs> back to the regular schedule program. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, hey, it is what it is. Me. <laughs> oh man, what? So while you're in the embassy, you finally get in contact with your mom. You get on the phone with your mom. Uh, she gets you the plane ticket, but she's actually already on her way because she had been notified that you were uh, locked down in China. And so eventually you get released. Mom's sitting on the couch. She's waiting for you. What was going through her mind and how did she feel about the whole situation? Um, and shit, that's really, it's a whole, I had her write her experience. I've seen that. Um, just, <laughs> of, you know what I'm saying? Just the whole situation. And that's the very last chapter of the book. Um, it's called Mama's Interlude. She just give her background and just give her side of the story. But it was a roller coaster of emotions for her, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. But at, after a point in time, she had to negate the emotions and allow logic and faith to goddamn take its place. So she, she knew I was going to be straight eventually. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get out eventually. 
Does she know when? Hell no. Do I know? <laughs> hell no. I know I'm gonna be straight too. I just don't know what the hell happened. So in in essence, we both feeling the same type of shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but just two perspectives. Um, so yeah, it's just you know what I'm saying, faith and shit, long bullshit. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> black woman, strong Native American woman, excuse me, because I know she talks about being Native American in the book. So oh, yeah. Cherokee, Choctaw. <laughs> Try boy, you feel me? <laughs> Try boy. Okay. So once released, you were told that you were banned from five years in China, but this ultimately didn't affect your record anywhere else. So like it didn't follow you to the US or it wouldn't follow you to any other country. And after that you signed and that was pretty much it. So, I mean, what what did you feel in that moment? Is like, do you ever consider going back to China? Like, what's what's that? What's good with that? Uh, uh, just because I said it's a um, it's a process just to get into China. Like, you just can't book a ticket and you on your way. Nah, you got to apply just to go. And especially if you're trying to visit, you got to apply just to do that. You got to get a letter of recommendation, all different types of shit. Goddamn, yeah. like I'm yeah, it ain't nah. So China's strict. So it's like. It'll still be a whole process even after the ban just to it'll be the same process, you know what I'm saying? But it's like shit. I don't know if goddamn shit. They might put my shit in the inf- the computer system, the screen start flashing red and goddamn start signing. Like it's still applying. They probably be like, hell no, nah. like, you know what I'm saying? I but I they might be like shit, come on, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. God. If the opportunity presented itself, I probably would. I probably would double back for sure. Especially now it's been time and then got time to mature and grow and, you know what I'm saying, heal from the experience. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Just because I know now. <laughs> no way. Learn your lesson. So what was the lesson that you feel like you needed to learn that your ancestors tried to warn you about in the beginning of the chapter about your experience in China? Um, irrational decision-making. Mm. Irrational decision-making. Um, and that's... Uh, I, needed a, I needed a good restart for real, for real, just because it's like I lived and identified as one thing for so long and I can see I still, and that's, I still embody those characteristics that, you know what I'm saying, those traits that was instilled in me along my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely needed a, a fresh restart to clear my head um, and take just be, be just more conscious and take more time when it comes to choices and decisions. Maybe a lot of times I'm I'm a Sagittarius, optimistic, spontaneous. Ah, let's do it. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, Unless it's over the consequences later. <laughs> Unless nut ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Lot. You know what I'm saying? I got more. I got some sense now. But if it ain't, yeah. if I feel like it ain't really nothing, oh shit, yeah, what's up? On me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But definitely those for sure, for sure. And um, man, just knowing where you at. Goddamn, knowing how to move better mm-hmm. based on where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that you only got favor, like your favor, 
it's only so much favor that you have. You know what I'm saying? Here in America, I got a lot of favor. I'm Native American. My people been stomping these grounds for generations. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Just me moving within this land and my ancestors walking this land and, you know what I'm saying, all of that. Just I have a lot more favor here. Mm. Us one people from versus on the other side of the world where that shit is, no, we're not from over there. You know what I'm saying? I'm over there. I'm in this foreign country moving like a Native American. Yeah. Nut ass nigga. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to have a whole ass back over here. What are you doing? You bugging out, bro. (laughs) You tripping. What? That's the seven. So, what actually inspired you to want to write the book? Um, I just knew I wanted to do something with the story. I had no clue what. Um, I had no clue what the hell I wanted, what I was going to do with it. I was just like, man, I knew I'm, I went through this for a reason. I got to tell this. I got to share this story. I just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, man, and one of my partners we grew up with, he was a published author before we graduated from high school. So we was always tapped in. We both Sagittarius too. So we was always tapped in throughout college and me going to China and definitely when I, while I was there and me coming back and shit, um, he was the one that was like, hey, but hey, shit, bro, you should write about that shit, fool. I'm like, shit, I could. <laughs> Took my phone, made a little brief outline, a little five-part outline, and shit, I just went in and started filling it in and shit. As I'm filling it in, I'm doing this all on my phone, filling it in. I'm like, okay, damn, this shit getting kind of lengthy. Okay, let me move this from my notes to a Google Doc, created a Google Doc for it, and I'm working on it from the lab, so I can, I'm just going, going. I'm just telling, I'm just telling the story now. Like, literally, I'm like, I, I want to do something. I want to tell the story. I'm like, shit, this is it right here. So I'm now just telling the story. That's all it is. I'm just telling y'all what the fuck happened. That, yeah. Like, I can sit there and tell, tell you the whole 14 days verbally. Let mm-hmm. me put it on paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make motherfuckers read the shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's just how that came about. That's <laughs> up. I love that. Yeah, so I just started applying. I mean, writing it, writing it, writing it. I finished writing the whole story about four. And then uh, by the time it was published, April 4th, 2020, the anniversary of the day I got locked up, wow. shit, I was uh, ranked number one in three different genres on Amazon. Hey, hand clap on that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that shit was crazy. Like, it is. Crazy. But I knew it was going to go crazy. I'm like, I know this shit going to go crazy. The cover, title, and then once motherfuckers know what it's about, oh, <laughs> Well, hey, the, the, the cover though, you on your D'Angelo shit. I see you got the hat <laughs> showing and everything. I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. I see it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I know what to expect with the romance, the cover of the romance novel you about to about to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be different for sure. Yeah. It's be different. <laughs> but with the couple 14 days, I was like, I definitely wanted to recreate. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have. I thought, man, if I'd have got some of the footage they captured from the apartment, if I would have got mm-hmm. to, you know what I'm saying, get those, the mug shots, if I would have been able to get like certain shit that would make this story better, I'm like, damn. So I'm like, shit, I definitely got to recreate the mug shot. So that's what just the whole, that's what the cover is, just me recreating that motherfucker. That's what's jacket That's the uniform jacket. I got that motherfucker on, that's exactly how I wore it all 14 days. You know, like shirtless, that was just like that. Everything. So it's like, yeah, that's. 
Yeah, let's just recreate it. You know what I'm saying? Really goddamn give y'all a visual what this, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Show, show actually get this motherfucking made into a film. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, just painting the picture in y'all head. Yeah. Reading it. Might be an HBO movie pretty soon. Have you ever thought about that? That's one of this on my vision, uh, my vision board. Goddamn. Yep. Just ain't I didn't cross it off the list yet. Yeah. Don't make it. Oh, me. You got to speak into existence. Yeah. Marathon con- continues, like Nipsey said. Me. <laughs> oh, me. TMC. Long yeah. Way. So, what message do you have for someone who might be going through the same situation that you were in while you were in China or who might be locked down and is looking for words of encouragement and enlightenment? Um, <clears throat> man, utilize your time. Mm. When you get locked up, that's just really the, the, it's the best time for you to really just sit down mm-hmm. and focus on you and self-reflect and figure yourself out, your situation out and what you want out of life. And you just really take full advantage of the opportunity to make something positive out of it. You know what I mean? Um, everybody's different, <laughs> especially, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's a lot easier said and done, especially in jails here in America. So yeah, you know, it's too much, it'd be a lot going on in them motherfuckers. So it, it, it's a lot easier said and done for sure. Yeah. But all in all, just man, just try to make some, make the, the most out of the situation for the betterment of you and yeah. yourself. And really, you know what I'm saying? Find out, more just learn yourself what do you like to do what is you know what i'm saying what do you what do you enjoy doing what are you good at goddamn what is your purpose yeah what are your dreams within what and shit what is your purpose so based on what you know what you, what you you know what your dreams are and so you may know what your purpose is you may have an idea you may have no clue okay but you know goddamn this is what i dream of this is what i want da, 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 da. goddamn is that is your dream in, in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. Is it, you know what I'm saying? It's part of why you're here on this earth. You know what I'm saying? Are you chasing the dream? Are you fulfilling your purpose? And just, like, you just got accountability. Hold yourself accountable. Have these uncomfortable conversations with yourself and try to gain understanding from everything. And like I said, with understanding comes acceptance. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, Chance, let everybody know where they can get a copy of the book and let everybody know where they can connect with you on your social media handles. The show. Stop what you're doing right now. Pull up your phone. <laughs> go to Safari or if you're on your laptop, whatever the fuck, go to the internet and go to Google, the biggest search engine you have, and type in 14 Days in Beijing. Okay. Or Chancellor K. Jackson. I will. Hey. That's the club. You already know, y'all. <laughs> well, on that note, I want to thank you so much, Chancellor, for joining me today. I really, truly enjoy reading your book and hearing your insight on your story. It is definitely a true testament. So keep doing your thing, brother. Hey, I appreciate you taking time out to have me on here, especially you doing your research and <laughs> with the questions like yeah. You, you actually yeah. surprised me. I'm like, okay, yeah, she did her homework for real. <laughs> she, she and I'm like, okay, for sure. Get my first rodeo. I respect that too. I am saying for sure. It's like, shit, but we definitely gonna have to um, do this shit again. Yeah. Especially when the romance number drop, goddamn. Yeah. 
definitely had to come, you know what I'm saying, double back. And if I'm ever goddamn, never next time I'm in Cali, especially in the Bay, definitely got to tap in with you. We can link up for a while and shit. Hey, you know it. I'm down. You're going to be in good hands like Allstate, you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm I'm holding you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Word is bond. All right. And for everybody else out there, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And if you'd like to get any Vibe Selection merchandise, you can grab that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Or if you'd like to support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this video. I'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs> thank you for joining vibe selection with kyra come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics find us on instagram at i am kyra mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection